Hey guys. Welcome to another episode of Pew Time with Tony. And Jackie. Thank you all for joining us again. Week after week. We love you. Yes. It was, uh, I guess, kind of an eventful week-ish. It, it was a highly anticipated week and then an eventful weekend. Yeah. But yeah, who am I kidding? This weekend was pretty cool for you, huh? Super cool. Yeah. We'll get into that later. First up... Gun news. Yeah. Uh, in this case, optic news from SIG, really. So we kind of covered in the past, but now they seem to be coming out and available now, which is the SIG Romeo M17. This is the dot that they have designed for the military to go on the MHS pistols, i.e. the M17 and M18. Uh, the one picture makes it look erroneously big. Yes. But it actually isn't it's only because unlike the new sig options for red dot slides the m18 still loses its rear sight mm -hmm. the m17 dot which is getting very confusing you yo dog i heard you like m17 so we got you an m17 to put on your m17 <laughs> right <laughs> so the m17 dot has built-in rear irons for it. And it's such a low deck height that it co-witnesses with the front. Which is nice. Yes. Uh, it they're is not cheap. enclosed. It is enclosed. Uh, something you can go down to 35 meters or something. It's immersible. Uh, it is not cheap. It's eight oh nine ninety nine. And the rough price on an M17 pistol. Like. Under seven. Yeah. Like six ninety nine, I think, or something like that. Yeah. So, it's pricey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Side load, 2032 battery. You have the option of a 2MOA dot uh, or a 2MOA dot with a 32MOA circle. And they're giving it a minimum run time of 20,000 hours, 15 settings, three of which are optimized, they say, for night vision. They call it their dark technology. This is cool. So, that's kind of the rundown on the M17. The next dot, or dots, because they're essentially the same, just the footprint is different, mm -hmm. is the Romeo X Pro and the Romeo X. The specs are kind of the same as the M17, but it's not as giant looking. Uh, 2 MOA dot, 32 MOA circle, uh, 15 settings... Uh, it's enclosed with backup irons, 20,000 runtime, side mount 2032. You're starting to see a pattern here. It's kind of the same deal. Right. Uh, this is not brown. These are black. And the X-Pro has the Romeo 1 Pro slash Delta Point Pro footprint. And the X has the RMSC footprint. Both dots, I believe, are around MSRP of 460 So. You say R I'm RMSC? As in microgun footprint? Yeah. Okay. Just the mommy and the baby version. Yeah. Yep. Huh. That's pretty much it for the, the SIG dots. I mean, there's three dots, but really only two. Right. 
Uh, they're both, even the M17, so all three dots are, they have their MOTAC in it, their motion activation. Um, they also have, <laughs> it was it was a feature that I never thought I'd have to see on a red dot, but I guess the M17 actually has drain holes on it. Huh. Uh, so if water was to pool on top of the lens in your holster, uh, it could drain out that way, or when it's lifted up from the draw, it could drain out the side. Oh, that's... Interesting. Yeah. I mean, never thought I'd see that for marketing, but I was like, oh, that, okay, well, you guys put that in there, okay. Yeah. My red dot has drain ducts. What does your have? It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. We were just joking that uh, Cookie needs drain holes on his holster. Yeah. Because the shell casing yes. went into his holster. Again. Oh, it happened more than once. It's, yes. And he was unable to reholster. So the RO was trying to shove his finger into the holster to pick out the piece of brass that was stopping him from reholstering at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Open bottom holster. Hey. We, all, we all need drain holes for our something. <laughs> That's what she said. Nice. <laughs> um, another new item out uh, is the MJ Customs Glock Thumbrest. So I don't know how new this is. I just found it. So... Um, last week, I know we talked about other thumb rests. We talked about the Align Tactical one. Mm-hmm. And we talked about how the it replaces one of the frame pins and a support post goes underneath the takedown lever to stop it from... Yeah, from moving, rotating. Rotating, right. So, thought that was a neat concept. This one runs along the same line, but actually replaces the full takedown lever. So the li- when you look at the piece in your hand, you're like, oh, that piece looks awfully familiar. Look, it's it's a takedown lever attached to the side of this thing. So you replace your takedown lever with it, and it has a thumb rest. And those are running 150. So I think it looks kind of very, very open gunny. Yeah. Uh, it's very, very vertical. I don't, I mean, again, I'm not a huge thumb rest guy, but like looking at a Glock here, like it does push it back to where I would almost use it. Like it would almost be where my thumb would be, mm-hmm. but I mean, I'll try it, but this is where do I want to try it? Because the price on this thing is 150 bucks. Yeah. As far as thumb rest go, that's kind of up there. Yeah. But it is pretty big. It's It reminds me of the Tiwa ones that, like, Christian uses on his Shadow 2. Mm-hmm. The giant, like, aircraft landing size thumb rest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is it for new items. Well, um, kind of. The next two... We'll save the best for last, but... Yeah, the next two are items that... We've talked about them on the podcast before, very, 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 very long time ago on one of them, and what roughly about six months or so ago on the other one. So the long, long-awaited one is the DWX Compact. Um, oh man, you gave the ice cream first. I really thought we'd be eating the vegetables. Spoiler alert: I'm not a fan of the other one. So the DWX Compact. There's three more, and you're excited about the last one. Of these two that we handled but couldn't shoot all right so both of these were 
display models for sale at the gun shop that I worked at. So, no, we could not shoot them, um, but we, you know, handled them, checked them out. Um, but subscribe to our Patreon. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, did like a small tabletop review on them. Yeah, we just you know, handled them, dry fired them a little bit, just got to check them out. Yeah. I did like the DWX Compact a lot. Yeah, so this gun feels amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to do some bad, some good, and some bad. The opposite of what you're supposed to do. Uh, I think it's stupid this gun is not optic ready. Yep. And I think it's really dumb that it is not an ambi safety. Yeah. Do you think maybe they did that because it's a carry model and they're trying to keep it slim? No, because you can do a slim... I mean, that safety is not very big. That safety is very small. Oh, yeah, considering, you know... the other safeties we've seen. Yeah, the safety yeah. is very small. I don't know where this trend started of, like, the EDCX signs from Wilson. Standard do not come with ambi safeties. Mm-hmm. That new Kimber doesn't come with ambi I safeties. I actually got to handle one of those this week, too. And then I did not. Hmm. Boo, sad face. Yeah. But I got to handle one at NRAM, so. That gun did not last more than 20 minutes. All right, we'll get to your thoughts on that in a second. Let's stick with the DWX. Yep. The good, uh, it's good looking. I mean, it's a good looking gun. Yeah. I think it has very good lines, but it's a sharp looking gun. Uh, red trigger. Which you're a huge fan of. I do like the red trigger. The trigger pull itself was amazing. Yeah. And the other bad, the price. I don't think this gun should be two thousand dollars. Yeah, I mean I haven't shot it, but I don't know. It seems like a big ask for two thousand dollars. Yeah, I mean, the is the full size right around the same price? I think those are like twenty three. Yeah. It, and it took them three years. To get the full size. But that's out. a full size steel gun. Mm-hmm. The small one, the compact, we were both surprised. It was deceivingly light. Yeah. When you look at it, you're like, oh, this is going to be a hefty mother. And then you pick it up and you're like, oh. Oh, you must work out. Oh, <laughs> this is nice. Yeah, it was Super nice. very light. You yeah. were like completely taken off with the, the trigger. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, the... It is like a, it is such a crisp, like a very, very definitive wall and a clean break. Yeah. And the reset, amazing. If and I'm being it, nitpicky, the up and down play in the trigger sucked a little. I think there should have been a little. A little bit more firm. For a $2,000 gun? Right. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I agree. But the trigger pull, you're right. I mean, it, it is something to be very excited about. Looking on some of the groups and the forums and Reddit, there are people that have already bought this and sent it out to be milled for a micro dot. Mm-hmm. So good on you guys because it sh- should have been done already. Right. <laughs> well, maybe in their defense, you know, when they first thought of this, red dots weren't a big thing. It took them that long to get it out that they didn't want to change anything. <laughs> 
Uh, the nice. other no more delays. Right, no more delays. Uh, the other item that we got to handle, which I thought was super cool, and we were both really excited to see one in person, was... And my the... excitement quickly got deflated. It did. <laughs> uh, the Alpha Foxtrot... Say the full name. AF-1911 S15. Yes. So this is basically the baby platypus, basically. Yeah. It is a compact officer's model style 1911 mm -hmm. that takes the Glock 4843X size magazine from Shield Arms. But you can put the factory Glock mag in there. I mean, the whole reason saying, why they named it S15. Right. But that style mag, but they come with Shield Arms S15 Gen 3 mag, so the 15 rounders. Yeah. Which, to me on paper, like you said, I was excited. Great. Very cool carry gun. It's single action. I th in the pictures, it looks good. Mm-hmm. It looks very good. This one, I'll do the opposite. We'll do good, a lot of bad, mm -hmm. and good. If we can find another good for the end, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. What would what'd you think? I know you were very excited. I was As very excited. As a 43X person. Right. I'm like, oh my god, we have so many mags. I would love to like see this thing and be excited for it. And once I handled it, I was like, yeah, my initial thought gripping it, I was like, oh, this is not bad. I like it. I like the texture on the front strap. I like the texture on the back strap. I like the size of it. I like the shape of it. It feels really good in the hand. Uh, I like the serrations. I like the front serrations. They're like triangle angled cut into the gun if they're very aggressive like you can't just slide off of them and after that first rack close of the slide it was less appealing <laughs> um also the trigger is not good when i first went to go press the trigger it wouldn't go off and I realized I needed to not only make sure the safety was off, but actually hold it down. Like, it, the safety is too, is too loose. Um, so I had to actually hold the safety down to engage the trigger. Which was disappointing, because I just racked the slide, so clearly the safety's off. Right. Um, so that was a little disappointing. Um, I, I love the, like, the aggressive look of the top of the slide. Very, like, sharp edges. Not sharp to the touch, just, you know, uh, aggressive, aggressive mm -hmm. cuts. You know, very, very cool cuts, right? Um, and then you had pointed out, which I didn't even notice, that the grip, not the grip necessarily, the trigger guard and trigger shoe are the opposite. It's round. <laughs> Everything's rounded. Rounded, flowing, and the top is, like, Jagged, aggressive, cut, 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 cut. And it's like, the, you, you don't, you look good, but you don't match. So, I will, because <laughs> that's got a rail on it, right? I'm going to, yes, that one, so that was the other big negative about the DWX Compact. It's railless. Mm -hmm. Railless and opticless. So, this one does have a rail. Mm -hmm. So, I originally thought, hey, that round trigger guard makes sense. Because if they kept the same dimensions up front as like an officer's 1911, you could find holsters. I can't remember an officer's 1911. That has a rail. That has a rail. Right. So now, as you said, square pieces everywhere and a rounded trigger guard. Right. Yeah. 
I think you and I are going to differ drastically when we finally shoot one of these. Mm-hmm. This gun does not fit in my hand worth a shit. No. It's so, so, like, they did such a good job, and I'll say this is a good job because I'm assuming that this is what they wanted to do, is they kept the grip very, very small, very, it almost feels very 365-esque. Where it's not chunked out. It's chunky in places, but it's so tiny. Kind of like the Hellcat. Yeah. Where you've front got the Hellcat. Back, front to back is very short. It feels nice. No, I wouldn't say the front to back is short on this gun. I would say the front to back, you could definitely feel that this is a longer grip front to back than wider. Like, abundantly clear. Not comfortably clear like a 1911. Mm-hmm. This is uncomfortable. There's like, there's no girth on the side. <laughs> so there's nothing, like when I grip it, with one hand, there's, I mean, there's no room for my support hand to go. Right. Zero. Which is really a bad thing with its safety. This safety is the size of a fucking diving board. Right. It's gigantic. And it has to be because this is the hardest safety I've ever had to click on and off, ever. This is one of the few safeties where I had to reposition my hand... To click it up. Which normally, hey, it's not a big deal, right? You don't have to quickly put the safety up. But I'd still like to be able to manipulate it without having to move my hand. Right. And there was a bit more play, like you mentioned, where, yeah, you had to have it down. You had to hold it. It just had a little too much play for me. Uh, A big mark against this gun. Also, not optic ready. Right. Both of them had, like, um, I'm not sure what the specific scientific term for it is, but, like, the long serrated lines between the front and rear sight to reduce glare. Yeah, it's just... Like, they both had, both mm-hmm. of these two guns, the DWX and the Alpha Foxtrot, had those same identical markings along the top of the slide. Um, and to round off the... AF 1911 S15, good. The finish that they chose to do on the slide, which looks like a polished DLC, mm-hmm. gorgeous. Oh, yeah, beautiful. Looked awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, let's go back to the trigger, because that trigger... So, most people know the analogy of, like, oh, my 1911 breaks like a glass rod. Like, clean break, crisp break, any of that. This is the only 1911 trigger, ironically, takes Glock mags in the gun. It's the only 1911 trigger that kind of breaks like a Glock. The yeah. pull's not like a Glock. Like, you can get to a wall, but then you have all this extra stuff, like squishiness, before it actually breaks. Right. That was weird for, weird for me. Very weird. Yeah. Like, this should not be. Like, you press it and you're like... It should be going, it should be pull, 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 and then a release where you weren't expecting, because you don't, you don't feel anything at the release, it's, you're in the middle of that squish post wall. So, it's, mm, is that something that could be fixed? Probably. Probably just needs a little polishing, a little, little adjustments, but for like, what is it, 15, 1600 bucks? Oh no, it was like, uh, I think it, MSRP is for 14. 
14 or just under 14. Yeah, so for 14, $1,400, I shouldn't have to play with the trigger. Yeah. The trigger should be pretty much set. Right. For what it is, especially because you've gone with uh, the Lord's trigger, which would be the 1911 trigger. Right. To everyone. And to be honest, they're they're full size nineteen elevens. Like I've messed around with everything from like their base models up to like their their higher tier ones, you know, the combat tech rail upgrade everything, G ten grips, like the the whippy dippy version of a nineteen eleven, as fancy as you can make a nineteen eleven, I guess. And their triggers aren't bad. They're just like any you know, like a Kimber trigger, like a Springfield trigger. It's funny you say Kimber. Nothing fantastic, but it's a nineteen eleven trigger. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'll shoot it still, because I know you want to shoot it. Mm -hmm. So far, I'm not a fan. Also, no ambi safety. Right. Like, guys. Now, there's, I can understand. You could cut the left side safety in half and use it for both sides and still be okay. Right, because it's gigantic. It was huge. Yeah. Huge. Big old shielded safety on a carry gun. Yeah. The last item that we got to mess around with this weekend. Was yeah, this was a bit of a surprise for you because you didn't know anything about it. Right. So, you were antsy. You just, yeah. All week. Yes. And you can you can talk about your own antsiness. Go ahead. <laughs> you just thought I was acting funny. Right. And, uh... And like a random, weekend, random trip out to your FFL. Yeah. <laughs> towards the weekend I was gone and you got home and... Where you at? Oh, um, I'm out. Picking something up. Oh, well, okay. You're going to be home soon? Oh, yeah, 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 I'll be home soon. Oh, okay, all right. And I called you on the way home. I'm like, hey, I'm bringing something home. Oh, great. And I'm sure you thought, oh, parts. I did assume parts. Yes. It's always... Rightfully so. It's always parts. Right, rightfully so. Uh, it was not parts. Uh, we have, I like to say, we have a pretty good uh, working relationship with our friends at Stealth Arms. The guys who make the platypus. Or my bumblebee, as most of you have come to see. And most, a lot of people that listen to this podcast have shot it, have handled it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bumblebee's been around over 5,000 rounds now. <laughs> yeah. So, and going to go up dramatically now because, well, it's going to be the match gun. Mm -hmm. Or so I thought. And then was reassured that, no, no, Bumblebee is your match gun. And we'll find out why. I came home with a Stealth Arms bag. Because Stealth Arms and I have been working. Well, I haven't been. I've been uh, consulting. Yeah. And working with uh, Tim, the owner. And just going back and forth on ideas on what can make the platypus better. And Tim also has really good ideas. And the people at Stealth Arms have a wonderful team. Who probably hate me. But a <laughs> wonderful team. So they put together this test mule of a gun. That they sent us. That got to try out. And you have grown quite fond of it for a couple of reasons. Yes. So, do you want to talk about it? So, the first one I knew was already in the works talking about because it was one of the things that you and I both 
wanted a little more of out of Bumblebee, which is the grip texture. Right. Um, a little something a little bit more aggressive, something that I mean, you can you can reel it reel on that thing. You've shown it in your videos, and it doesn't really move very much with your grip. When I shoot it, yes, it's awesome. Yes, it returns to zero really quickly, but my grip could use some help. Um, well, and it's it's slick. I mean, it, it works better if I have like hand chalk. It's it's a slick grip. Yeah. The front has a little bite to it. The side is really difficult to get like a good bite on it. Yeah. I mean, every every time it's in a picture or a video, you can see like the white grip chalk yeah. in the in a little pockets in the crevices. Yes, in the nooks and the crannies. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this one has a. It'd be like a micro pocket texture. Yeah. So similar to your Chili Grips, your LSI Outlaw Grips. But muted. Yeah, it's not, not as deep, not as aggressive. But I would, on the similar style of that. It feels really good. I, I really like it. in line kind of like almost a mix between a not as sharp Infinity Grip and the Limcat. The Limcat Medium Grip. It's kind of where it falls for me. I know for most people that haven't shot a limb cat, that means nothing to them. <laughs> this is a micro pocket texture that is grippy enough to where it makes a difference, but not grippy enough or not so grippy that I would like, I'd say, oh, I never, like I would never carry an Evo grip or right. an LSI outlaw grip. Right. Because it would tear you up. It'd be impossible. Your clothes would be snagging. You have a gigantic hole in your shirt by the end of the day. <laughs> right. This doesn't do that. Mm -hmm. It's it's kind of dull enough. The pockets aren't nearly as deep. And it's, for a carry grip, this is fantastic. Yeah. Like, this should be on, I, I really hope this texture becomes available soon. Because mm -hmm. it is very, very good. But as of now, this grip texture is just a prototype. Just a prototype, yep. This whole gun is a prototype. And I say the whole gun because we'll get to the rest in a second. The cool thing about this texture is it wraps around 360. Front strap, back strap, so on the mainspring housing and on the sides. And goes up pretty high as well. And it go goes up pretty high on the side, which is important. Mm -hmm. And we are working on, again... This prototype is for us to try it, see how we like it, give some feedback, and have them modify it in such a way. And really nail down the texture. But I think this texture right here, to me, should stay in the catalog as a carry grip. I love this texture. Mm -hmm. The other thing that makes this gun a prototype is, well, Bumblebee, right, takes Glock magazines. Yeah, all platypuses take Glock max until tim decided that maybe we should see if we can also do something else so bumblebee takes glock mags and everyone else's platypus takes glock mags this particular gun which we'll refer to as genie yes so because code, she's blue <laughs> code, code name genie takes p320 mags which is super exciting yeah I literally just keep my same mag pouches and take Splat off and put her on my hip. Right. Which is awesome. So we only have a couple hundred rounds through her. Mm-hmm. So far flawless. Yep. Uh, 
very smooth shooting. I was I, I had only ever shot Bumblebee with a red dot on it. Right. I always loved iron sights, but the last few years I've been shooting exclusively red dots. Mm. So I don't get a chance often to shoot irons. I could not believe how well this tracked and this nose stayed on target. Like it just returned the return to zero for me. Yes, I have a shitty grip and yes, I'm working on it, but like I could see the nose like return right to where it came from. Yeah. It's phenomenal. gun. I mean the build quality, well, I'm, I'm in love with Bumblebee. So the build quality is equal to that. Mm -hmm. And especially being such a prototype, it's very well put together. Yeah. The Cerakote job is amazing. Uh, I know Zoe is one of the ones that does most of the Cerakoting over there. So, shout out Zoe, you did a fantastic job. And you mentioned that she knew that it would be me doing a lot of the testing. Right. Yes. So, Zoe decided to throw a little flare in there and threw a little pink trigger in for Jackie. Which I absolutely love. Thank you. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So Jackie's going to be shooting the crap out of that. I'll be shooting it and taking it to events to get some rounds on it to do some testing and, well, continue to work with Stealth and see how we can continue to progress because not to... Well, I'll be honest. I don't want this to sound like a Stealth Arms, like, dick riding contest, but let's be blatant. No other gun company that I know of, off the top of my head, quickly implements and starts changing things per listening to their customer base. Right. So, grip textures were added, dots are added, ambi controls are added. Guide uh, rod. Uh, tool is guide rod. Well, that's not a... That's soon. So, they're oh, working on it. that's something that you guys are working on yeah. now. So... To give you an idea, things in the pipeline, you know, they've added optic cuts, uh, different style magwells are being added, uh, toolless guide rods are being worked on, bull barrels are being worked on, grip textures are being worked on, and they're constantly pushing Evolving. forward. Evolving. Yeah, they want to make yeah. sure that it has the best, and these are, this is months, months. All right. So, uh, kudos to them. I, you know, I, I work with companies closely that I, I truly believe in and I enjoy their stuff. You know, I don't just, will review almost anything. Right. But companies that I really work with, uh, I'm very choosy. Yeah. So, nice job, guys. We will see, uh, well, we'll see how this, uh, codename Genie goes. Right. Uh, so, mom at the moment, she does not have a red dot on her. I mentioned no. I'm shooting irons. So, the next two weekends, I'm going to be shooting limited minor, which I know anybody who's been listening to us for a long time, I swore I would never do, right? Why? Why shoot limited minor? If you're going to shoot limited, shoot a 40. Well, this gun has a perfect home in limited optics now. But without an optic, she's just limited. <laughs> <laughs> so I will be shooting limited minor just to get some time behind her, uh, get some rounds down range. That's it. 
next two weekends. Yeah, really just shooting the crap out of it and see how it works. Yeah. And some further testing, so. She looks so good. Yeah. Uh, Shooting sports. We just had one, really one major match happen, and that was Multigun Nationals, which I almost forgot about. (laughs) Honestly, I was reminded because of one of the... Winners was getting showered in champagne on a video on Instagram, and I'm like, oh, that was that was this weekend, huh? <laughs> right. So high overall was taken by open shooter John Wydell. Um, second place in open Scott Green, and third Joel Turner. Modified division: first place Daniel Horner, second place AJ Anthony, third place Brian Nelson. In the tactical division with 42 shooters, first plays Nil Jonathan, which was the Instagram champagne dousing that I seen. Second place, Nate Staskiewicz. Third, Houston Russell. Fourth, Tim Yackley. And fifth, Lena Michalik. Limited, first place, Joe Easter. Second place, Dustin Felix. Third place, Stephen Garrick. And the Heavy Metal Tactical Division, with a total of two shooters, we have a first place announcement for Mr. Ross Haney. Yay! That wraps up shooting sports. Sweet. Simple. We both did not shoot matches this weekend. No. Um, But I'm going to be shooting one this upcoming Sunday. I potentially will be. Or? Teaching. A class. Great. So, either way, we will both be on the range. Um, So, we'll have some fun stuff to talk about next weekend. Uh, We did get a couple questions in. What was question number one? Uh, The best trigger setup for a Glock 21. This was submitted via Instagram. Uh, If you guys follow us on social media, keep on it on Mondays. You can submit your questions. You can submit your questions anytime you want. Yeah, but we usually put a post up on Mondays for the podcast to come out on Tuesday morning. So, Monday... When we make a post, generally we'll ask for questions. Submit your questions on that post. And in the stories, you can always put your questions. If you have a detailed question, which kind of is the second question for today, uh, you can email us at pewtimepodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, you can message us anytime with questions, comments, concerns, or new stuff or cool stuff that you see in the industry at Laugh and Load on Facebook, IG, Twitter, or Reddit. So, back to that question then. Best trigger setup for a Glock 21. So it's interesting that this question came through because when we both saw the question, we kind of had this look in our eye. We're like, huh, this is the only gun that Jackie and I each owned prior to being married. Yeah. She owned one and I owned one. Yep. Mine's obviously better. Yours is... (laughs) awful to find holsters for it's true because so i have the very 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 first run of the glock 21 gen 3 sf when they were first introduced glock thought it would be a great idea to introduce two things on this gun one would be a picatinny rail not a Glock rail Ex- in the front. Not a Glock accessory rail. <laughs> the legit Picatinny rail. 
they don't fit in the same holsters as Glocks. Right. So it's very chunky down there because they were looking to, hey, maybe this will be the standard and we'll go this route. Little did they know that soon everyone would be like, oh, oh, that looks so much cleaner and better. Let's do that route. That's cool. So, and mine also has uh, Glocks. I believe it's their only model ever offered with an ambidextrous mag release. I never knew that. Yeah. I didn't pay that much attention to your gun yep. or ever hold it in my left hand, apparently. <laughs> yep. uh, it's shit. Breaks all the time. It breaks so much, in fact, that most people, when they sent it into Glock to be fixed, there was a point in time where they would just wouldn't, and it would then be retrofitted back to a standard left side release. <laughs> uh, I wanted to keep mine original so bad... I sourced a rebuild kit that I keep with the gun for the ambidextrous <laughs> mag release. Just because I wanted to keep it original. I think it's very cool that this is one of the few, I guess, bad calls that Glock has made in their models. Like, mm -hmm. you look at all their guns and it's like, oh yeah, no, and it would be a pretty, really pretty cool idea. Mm -hmm. These two, it was like, ah, was it though? <laughs> you kind of missed the you missed the boat. <laughs> so, uh, if anyone knows how to remove a spray-on coating grip without destroying the polymer, let me know, because that was the one thing I did that I sorely regret. So, if you know how to remove that, get at me. Uh, your gun, on the other hand, is also a Gen 3. Yes. SF. But, mm -hmm. but, but it's the plain one, and then it sucks. I mean, I can find First holsters. All, I can find holsters for you're it. You're not gonna have the buildup I had on my gun. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> no, but because I don't have a full rail, I can put it in an MCK kit, bitch. Well, I mean, that's oh, sad true. feelings. Oh, sad feelings. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't need an MCK kit because I can stick any vertical foregrip on mine. Okay. Hashtag. It's a joke, ATF. It's a joke. <laughs> funny uh yeah so the trigger the question was best trigger setup for the glock 21 which i would argue yours has one of the best triggers i've ever felt um in, and, a, glock, in a glock yeah and i mean i'm pretty sure it was just wolf springs um an extreme polish job with i'm talking completely overboard for a glock polishing stones like Stuff you would never use on a Glock. Mm -hmm. And Wolf Springs. Yeah. So this was pre... Ooh, we're showing our age. This is pre... Pre-Apex, well, <laughs> pre-Timney. <laughs> well, this is pre-any, like, plug-and-play kit. Right. For Glocks, you had your few ones out there, here and there. But it wasn't... You didn't have the plethora of ones that you do now. Right. You wanted a good trigger, like, you had to use the stock stuff, you had to polish it, and you had to mess with springs, and you had to... Get a three and a half pound connector, which you would just order from Glock for the Glock thirty four. Mm -hmm. That that's that's how we had to do trigger jobs back then. Yeah, I mean there was a write up. You can Google it. Hey, let me Google the uh, twenty five cent trigger job for a Glock, and it's going to take you to someone's article that is literally flits and a pencil eraser. Yep, those were the dark ages. <laughs> <laughs> 
your triggers phenomenal yeah yeah i absolutely love that trigger so depending on what you want to do i would say your your trigger probably would have a hard time lighting off most non-soft federal primers would be my guess well we I mean we ran what like two three of those stick mags through we didn't have any issue in igniting we did have an issue with the mck kit remember because it wasn't mm. locked in yeah. but when like just the gun itself as far as functionality goes and firing of the rounds I mean, i'm talking like but, the surplus stuff like if it's a hard primer like wolf oh yeah yeah i don't think it'll light those off because mm-hmm. I think the striker spring is too light. But most stuff, my point in bringing that up was, how light do you want this trigger? Like, what's best in your eyes? Like, best carry gun? I would say probably your kit with a slightly heavier trigger spring. Mm-hmm. Or a striker spring. Yeah. What say you? I, I would agree. Uh, I mean, if you're, you know, with the springs, you mess around with all sorts of different spring weights and see, like, you know, your reset, everything. Everything can be modified, so it's really all preferential. I would say get the uh, trigger trigger kit from Wolf Springs. Use the four or four and a half pound striker spring and a three and a half pound like ghost connector. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, that was another thing we had in there was the ghost connector because that's the same thing we did in the 19. Right. So I would say yeah, Ghost Connector and Wolf Springs. I would say that polished is uh Yeah, I'd say that's probably a pretty good good setup. That would be a good carry one, a good home defense one. Yeah. Yours is very light. I I wouldn't recommend that I mean, it's just to mess around on the range gun anyways. Yeah. Now nowadays though, there's plenty of you can get You'll see nowadays. Zev- backward <laughs> Come on, Father Time. You'll see the <laughs> Zev kits. Uh, I'll be honest; I don't think they're worth it. And then you got like Pyramid and like stuff you can find on Glock Store. Like yeah. there's there's a lot of kits out there. On the cheap end, I would just go with what we just recommended. Yeah. If you want a different shoe and stuff, there's other people out there to do it. But start there. <laughs> kind of you know, when it comes to a trigger shoe or a trigger bar, just pick whichever is your favorite. The next question that came in, this one was a little longer. It was, build your ultimate concealed carry gun right now with today's stuff. No state exemptions as far as mag capacity, nothing. What would be your ultimate carry gun that you had to build right now? Build? Yeah, if you want, like, put together one. Instead of just buy one, like... Say you wanted, like, your like your 365 is built. Right. And I would say I would be really torn between the 365 and the Shield Plus build-ups. Just because I have so much more option and ease of concealability with the 365. You know, 10, 12, 15, 17 round mags, right? Versus, you know, the, you know, 10, 13, 15s. You know, we don't have as long of mags on the Shield Plus, so I have that fourth size option on the 365. The only reason I would want to even consider the Shield Plus is because I shoot it 
way better than my 365. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, I can control, like, the front to back on that gun is everything for me. Like, in my hand, eyes closed, I feel like I'm holding a full-size gun. Okay, so I'm going to spoil something on air because I've been trying to figure out why you shoot the shield better. We haven't talked about it. I think we need to try and get you a grip module from uh, Boresight Solutions called their Razorback, and they add material to the back strap of 365s. Okay. I would be down to try that. So, I think that might be a ticket. Because I do feel like, yes, I'm I'm a small person. I have small small hands. It's a very small grip. But it is very small, and I... During the recoil, like if I have the 12 round mag in or, or you know, or the 15, it doesn't matter because my hand doesn't go past the 12. So the 12 or bigger, I have a way better hold and control on the gun. I can conceal the 10 rounder much well, I mean, easier. That's a lot, so a that's pinky pressure and stuff. Right. And so that's what I carry is the 10 because it's easy to hide. Yeah. I can, there are most days I can't hide the 12. So I carry the 10, and the 12 is in my purse, in my coat pocket, in my center console, somewhere nearby, whatever, mm-hmm. where, wherever it is I'm going. Um, but the, the size, I don't know if it's the small front to back of the gun that doesn't allow me to really keep it the nose down when I'm shooting like the Shield Plus, or if it is just that I shoot the Shield Plus better. Like, if it's not that at all. But every time I'm asked, you know, what what's your favorite carry gun and why? When, you know, customers come in, they're like, oh, I'm looking to buy a carry gun. This, 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 and this are the ones that I'm looking at. Of those, what would you recommend? It always comes down to the 365 and the Shield Plus. Okay. That's it? Yeah. Yeah, I... I would have to say for the versatility of being able to conceal it more often than not, I would go to the 365. Okay. Because the C part in EDC is carry, not throw it in your purse. (laughs) So I'm going to go with a Shield Plus, and I want the 4-inch version. Okay. And I want it to be ported in the front by someone like Monsoon mm-hmm. with some 13 round mags, an apex trigger of course, and an EPS carry dot from Hollison. Because it's enclosed. Yeah, and I just like the window shape mm-hmm. a little bit better than the little guy. Mm-hmm. You see me, I I'm starting to see the benefit more and more of the EPS carry. I've only been carrying my everyday carry with a red dot on it for about what would you say six months the lint sucks yes (laughs) yes the lint sucks so bad and it's like every time i'm like you know i go to the bathroom and i look down and i'm like oh my god i take my sleeve and i pull my sleeve and i twist it into a little cone and i clean out my lens i'm like oh my god it's just it's just awful (laughs) like i'd wipe this thing out yesterday jeez am i grimy but I do, I do really like the dot that I have. Um, 
So I, but I wouldn't be opposed to an enclosed emitter for the carry one just for the sake of the ease of wipe down. Mm-hmm. Which I could, you know, I could definitely see, you know, the benefit. Before it was like, eh, what are you worrying about? Like, you're not, like, running around in, like, the fog and the rain and the humidity. And, like, that's not going to be a big deal when you're carrying your gun in the city and not running around outdoors mm-hmm. in the humidity and stuff. Um so for me, that's more what I was thinking in my head, why I didn't need an enclosed emitter. Now it's more like a uh, True, be nice. pr- princess kind of feeling, like, oh, this is dirty. <laughs> Clean it up with Orbit <laughs> or an enclosed emitter, one of the two. Hmm. Okay. Sounds like we need to go shopping. Watch it. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna come home with a whole truckload. Back it up right here, guys. Yeah. She said I could go shopping. EPS is for everyone. <laughs> and here's your one red dot, babe. <laughs> uh, last question, and then I have one more item I forgot to add that we'll talk about at the end. But the last question was: it came in. It's a training question. What is the best drill that you can do to farther? To further your progression in the practical shooting sports at an indoor range that does not allow any drawing from a holster, rapid fire, or anything of the such. Like that six circle fence, is yeah, it? Yeah, but you have to shoot that kind of fast, and technically that's from a holster. So, I have it. I have a drill that I think would probably yield you a lot but you really have to be in tune with yourself and be honest with yourself. If you don't have the space to do two targets, uh, or like a hanger large enough to hold two targets, find a target or reel another target hanger down, if possible, or get a smaller dot somewhere else on the piece of paper, and you're going to pull the trigger, shoot at your main target, and then drive the gun to the next spot with precision. And be honest, does your dot or your iron sight, are you landing on that? You can put like a little pacer up, you can draw a little one-inch circle or a two-inch circle, shoot one, drive the gun to the next one. Because what I think most people would benefit from for matches is getting better at transitions. Oh yeah, for sure. And this would be a way for you to practice it as long as you're honest with yourself. And again, now you won't get in trouble for shooting fast. Right. Because you're just driving the sights. Yeah. So, I would say give that a shot. I like that a lot. Now, breaking news, because I'm an idiot and I forgot to finish the show notes, uh, we have leaked information from Trigicon. So, I went over the other dot last week, right? The Type 3? Yes. So, I found this today. I'm a little late, I think, because I think it's been out a little bit. Or at least made a post about it. Yeah, I think you did a post. Yeah. So, they're coming out with a Type 3 RMR, which basically is a square SRO with a top mount battery, like an SRO battery tray. And this one, you can do a dot in a circle, 32 MOA in a single dot. That's about the only difference. And the buttons. This dot, I'm going to show you because I want your initial reaction. This is called the Trigicon RCR. 
which is ruggedized closed reflex. Tell me it looks like a can of peas on its side. Is it circular and enclosed? Uh, it is not circular, Okay. but I can't wait to show it to you because I want your initial reaction. An extremely rugged and durable closed emitter optic which meets the demanding standards for military and law enforcement applications. The RCR represents the next evolution of the RMR and is designed to be as durable as the legendary ACOG. While improving precision accuracy with other stop or accuracy with any style or caliber firearm in any type of environment, the RCR can withstand direct impacts and survive harshest environments while providing enhanced accuracy and excellent field of view. The RCR does not does this while not requiring additional or new plates to be used as it works with the current RMR bolt pattern and direct mounts without the use of a dovetail. So that part is very cool. Mm -hmm. Very smart on them to have an enclosed RMR footprint dot. Right. Uh, it has the same deck height as the RMR. So your sights would remain the same. Right. One MOA adjustment, uh, made of 7075 aluminum, uh, 2032 batteries. It looks like it is a top load. Uh, let's see. Their regular multi-coat lens, so far it only shows that they're going to have a three and a quarter MOA dot. As soon as she stops yawning at me. <laughs> I'm like losing patience waiting to see this picture. Alright, so... You guys will see it. If you want to see it, go to our post for this morning on Instagram or whatever so you can see it. Jackie, what do you think of that dot? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, it's hideous. This is fucking... <laughs> what is... The, the, well, it's not the right time of year for an April Fool's joke. They've got to be kidding me. Like, <laughs> All right, guys. I'll paint the picture. If you thought... Now, it could be just distorted because of the picture, but if you look a little more up, they actually have a picture of it on a 1911. Oh, what the <laughs> hell? <laughs> so, if you thought the Acro was big, or the 509 was big, this, this is pretty big. Yeah. So, Yeah. Like, we're, we're between big screen TV and rifle optic. <laughs> uh, 10 brightness settings. They have uh, <clears throat> 10 brightness. Three night vision, one super bright. Super bright. Super bright. So. Yeah, that is, that is atrocious. I am very excited to see the mounting system on how it could work with an armor. Because that was the biggest problem, like with Holosun, that's why the 509 comes with like an RMR plate, but it uses its cross bolt to latch into place. So it'd be very interesting to see what they did. But that was the breaking news I forgot to put in, I apologize. Please forgive me. That's it for today's show, guys. As always, thank you so much for joining us and the constant support. We both greatly appreciate it. We love you. We love you very much. And you already talked about how to get a hold of us. Yep. Social media, email, do the things, laugh and load, on all the stuff. And if you wouldn't mind, rate, review the podcast for us. 
we are starting to stretch our legs a little bit more on YouTube, so if you wouldn't mind going to subscribe there. Instagram apparently hates us dramatically. Right, so most of the cool stuff. Yeah, so we're pushing out YouTube and more podcasts and stuff like that, and Twitter, but I don't, I don't know how to use Twitter very well, so that's taking some time. But I'm pretty good at Reddit. Yeah. So, uh, reach out on the other avenues if you use something else besides Instagram. If not, if you already follow us, you should still be good to see us. Yeah. It's and only, it, we're basically shadow banned from people that don't follow our account. Correct. So if you want to see our stuff and you are on Instagram and you're not following us, do that too. Right. Cool. All right, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.